Good morning, New Hope. Do you know it's only 146 days to Christmas? <laughs> Just, I, I'm a futurist. I'm always looking into the future. 146 days. Have you all got some notes? If you have, I'd encourage you to take them out now. Because we are today in part four of eight in a series called Knowing God. Well, why is it important? We need to know the true God, not some God that the world has created and we've got some sort of misapprehensions about, but the true God. So if you've got your notes, how many of you live in the Howick, East Auckland area? Can I see your hands? Okay. How many of you are aware of the continual change, especially over at Ormiston and places like that, right? Yeah? There's almost a new road going in there every couple of months, it seems to me. I mean, when we, on our house, those of you been to our place, when that house was built, I have a colour photograph looking out towards Bucklands Beach, and do you know what? I can see one house in Bucklands Beach. One talk about change. It's absolutely nuts. Now, that got me thinking of a number of things that people have today that we didn't have five or ten years ago. And for me, because I'm in technology, I think about gigabit, gigabit Ethernet, not gigabit, 8K resolution. That wasn't even thought about years ago. Quantum computers that can solve problems in a matter of hours that would take our best supercomputers of yesteryear, year, in fact, they couldn't solve them in thousands of years. Smartphones, the ubiquitous smartphone, what you hold in your hand is, I'm sure many of you know, far more computing power than send the first rocket to the moon. That's hard to get your head around. Point is this. In our culture today, we are in a rapidly changing world And that is only going to increase, that pace of change. (laughs) Actually, which got me thinking, in 1920 in Auckland City, you could get on your horse and buggy and you could drive to town at about 16 kilometers an hour. I checked this. (laughs) Today, with our high-speed cars and fantastic freeways at rush hour, you can do about 15 kilometers an hour. So some things just don't change, right? One thing we do know for sure, and some of you in this room today know this personally, too much change causes stress. It causes anxiety, and if unchecked, will cause depression. How do I know that? Well, see this here. Thomas Holmes, he enumerated here 43 different uh, changes. Now, I know you can read all of those. You can look them up. His name is Dr. Thomas Holmes. And he lists there 43 different changes in your life and my life that uh, typically create stress that affect your health, physical health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health. There they are. You can look them up. Dr. Thomas Holmes clearly enumerated You add them up and down the bottom, you whack yourself in the title, and it'll tell you how stressed you are. But they are very insightful. Another man that wrote a book a long time ago was a man by the name of Alvin Toffler. Anybody heard of him? What what book did he write? Thank you. People are very illiterate in this church. Future change. And he talks about when everything else in your life changes, people are looking for islands of stability. 
Islands of stability and security in their lives. Because everything else is all like a rough and tumble. I actually pulled this quote out from his book. And it's under the heading of the death of permanence. He says this on the screen. The post-industrial society will be marked, remember he wrote this in the 80s, uh, 60s, 80s, 60s, anyway, will be marked by a transient culture, people moving everywhere, where everything ranging from goods to human relationships will be temporary. Boy, is that true. I remember the day, this may shock some of you people, where we used to repair toasters. And that one to go, we'd replace, we'd replace the element. We wouldn't toss that. We'd, re, we'd even repair kettles with the elements. Today, it's toss it out. I get pretty frustrated with that because things like these, very difficult to repair. It's almost impossible. You can't even replace the batteries in there. There's nobody. You know how much they want to charge you to replace a battery in this? $1,000. Now, I am a do-it-yourself guy. There are ways to do it, but the point is there needs to be a right to repair. That's what I think. Anyway, the death of permanence. Transient culture ranging from goods to human relationships will be temporary. So the question then becomes this. Is there anything in this world that is permanent? Is there anything that's reliable that never changes? And the answer you'll find if you have your Bibles in James chapter 1 and verse 17. James 1 verse 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights who does not change. You need today to drill this into your heart, mind, and spirit. Our Father does not change. I'm going to explain that as we go. Now, in the Philips version... It says, with God, there is never the slightest variation, not the slightest micron, of variation or shadow of inconsistency. He is consistent. That is the true God, the true one. Now, we're in a series on God, on what is like and what his nature is like. And the attributes of God. And today, what I want to look at is what theologians call God's immutability. His immutability. And that simply means God does not change. That's what that means. Now, the reason, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is there is a wild theory in some churches today. It's called open theism which is directly opposite to this tenant of our faith. And it says that God doesn't know the future. And you know what? Some gullible people are swallowing this. Some entire denominations are swallowing this. Do not swallow it. It's a lie. Because our God does not, does not, never will. That's the truth. The other is a lie. Malachi 3.6 I, the Lord, do not Change. That's exactly what the scriptures say. Whatever we do in Christianity, we have to be firmly fixed to God's word, not the vagaries of culture. He's always the same. 
He always has been, always will be. Why is that? Because somebody who is perfect doesn't need to change. He's perfect. He can't get better. God cannot get better. And he can't get worse. Therefore, he'll never change. Now listen carefully to this next statement, which is not in your outline. You may want to write this down to clarify this. Just a few words. God does not change his mind. Does not change his mind. That's the truth. God does not change his will, nor his nature. That is the truth of orthodox Christianity. Now, because you and I are imperfect, oh, we do change. Everything else in creation changes, but God does not. Have you noticed that you are constantly changing? I mean, look in the mirror. Bob Dylan used to sing a song, right? The times, they are a-changing. You remember that song? And I'd say if you look in the mirror in the mornings, sometimes the lines, they are a-changing. The hairline. The waistline. (laughs) The credit line. (laughs) We change every time. We change the way we act. We change the way we think. We change the way we look. We change the way we talk. But God never changes. Now, change creates stress, as we've seen before in our lives. So today, I want us to talk about how to stabilize our lives in the midst of increasing and continual change. The one thing that's constant about change is it's going to always be there. Now, I want to dial in on three things about God that never changes. You can take this to the bank. You know what I mean. Because believe it or not, all the money in your bank is not secure. But this is solid in God's word. Three things I want to dial in that God never changes. Here you go. And if you do this, this is the benefit to you. It will add stability to your life and to your children's lives. It will add benefit to your grandchildren's lives. These are things you can always count upon. They will never be uprooted. The first thing that never changes is God's love for me never changes. And some of that you're going to have to work hard in your children's lives and in your own life. To make sure you own that real estate and that fact, that truth. God's love for me never changes. I need to remind myself of that. You need to remind yourself of that. Look at this, Jeremiah 31.3. How do you get that in? Straight from this verse. I have loved you, God's saying, with an everlasting love. It's not one that just lasts for a little while. It's everlasting. I like that word. Permanent. Circle that word, everlasting. You were created by God to be loved by God. You are an object of God's love. Imagine the little girl coming to that knowledge of that. Boy, is that going to give her security. God's love is consistent. It's continual. 
the scriptures say it's everlasting. Now, one of the reasons that you and I get frustrated with people and relationships is because people change, right? One minute they'll love you, the next minute they'll leave you. So God, though, is faithful. People are fickle because they change. God does not differentiate it. People can change from day to day. You walk in the office one day and you can sense, oh boy, somebody's got a stinky attitude over there. Something's changed <laughs> since I last left him from since last night. Or they may, have you ever heard this? I have. Well, he's not the man I once married. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or my child. What's happened? They've become this beautiful child, has become this rebellious teenager. I hardly recognize them. I've heard that many times. Unpredictable. Inconsistent. That causes stress in our lives. But the Bible says that God always acts like himself. He's never out of character. He never changes. He never acts out of character. Psalm 119 verse 15 says this. Your love never changes. Oh, I love that. There's great security in that. So save me. The point is, I never need to doubt God's love. No matter what happens, no matter what I do, no matter how I feel, God's love for me never changes. So you can go to bed tonight safe and secure. And you can get up tomorrow morning knowing that God has not changed his mind about you while you were sleeping. Some days, here's the honest truth. You may feel like you don't love anybody. <laughs> you may not feel like you love your spouse. You may not feel like you love your kids or even yourself. You may feel like that. What does that show up like? Well, you're grumpy, you're frustrated, you're short, you're impatient. Because things haven't gone as planned. But guess what? With God... Things go as he plans, as we're going to see. God never has bad days. Bang, that didn't go the way I wanted it. <laughs> Not like you and I. He's never moody. He's never capricious. He's never frustrated. Because things didn't go as he planned. So he never has bad days. Therefore, I never doubt God's love. He's never caught that by surprise. Because remember... Week two, God's omniscience. And friend, you and I will always get in trouble if we doubt God's love. Always get in trouble. So when tragedy strikes unexpectedly, or something comes along that upsets the apple cart, and you don't get an immediate answer, or when things don't go your way, just remember that God's love for you has absolutely not changed. One bit. Romans 8.38 Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's a stabilizer in my life. Once I nail down that foundation and nothing can shake that, that's a great stabilizer. Don't let the lie of the world... Look, here's how this works. If other people don't like me but God does, who cares? Number two, God's word never changes. 
God's word will never change. Many other things will change. Like I was hearing this morning. There are people who are wanting to tell you how to bring up your children and what you can or cannot do, and you could end up crossing the law on that. New announcement last week. You want more on that? Put on the communication card. I will send you the clip from the particular minister in charge in the government today. Send that. Just put on your communication card. I want to hear about that. I have to be careful because this goes in other places, but I will send you that. God's word never changes, irrespective of this world. His laws don't change. The principles and the commands that God gives are timeless. Timeless. A great scripture. It's actually in the, in, in the opening, in the forefront to the New American Standard Bible, 1977 version, is this verse. So, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers. It's temporal. And the flowers fade. Beautiful, but then the temporal. But the word of our God shall stand Here's the word, forever. So what you want in your life are things that never move. The word of God. The word of God is always fresh. It's always relevant. It's always up to date. And it's never obsolete. One of my passions is science. And every now and again I go through some some of the science books, uh, textbooks that I have, and I almost laugh at how out of date they are. At the current rate of scientific discovery, by the time a science textbook is printed, it's nearly obsolete, especially in the area of origins of life. Anything that man writes eventually, anything, eventually becomes out of date. Why? Because it's obsolete. It needs to be changed because of the discovery of new facts. But friends, you and I need to build our lives on something far more stable, far more permanent, far more unchangeable than the current fad or current therapy, therapy that's invoked. Jesus says this in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There's never been a book that's been more attacked or more criticized or more ridiculed, or to be actually, yeah, to be factual, never more burned or outlawed than the Bible. No book ever. Yet today, all of those Caesars, they're all gone. Those dictators, they're gone. The fanatics, they're gone. They're all dead, but the Bible's still here. And it stood the test of time because his word is true and it never changes. Psalm 119.152 says, Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. Stake in the ground. So the principles and the truths and the laws that he lays down are made to last forever. God's word, is what I want to say to you, is reliable. Reliable. Just as God has established the universe to operate in certain physical laws... Imagine if gravity changed. Well, today, it's not 9.81 meters a second. We'll only make it 5.81 meters a second. <laughs> that would play havoc with the entire world. Or let's just change the, the rotation of the earth a little bit. Or let's, so those, God has put physical laws or the laws of physics in place, and they operate in a constant manner. Some of you should probably think about why that is. But he's also made some moral laws 
and some spiritual laws that God has set up that we cannot ignore. I can just ignore gravity and walk off something and I'm going to hurt myself. I'm not going to hurt gravity, I'm going to hurt me. If we ignore the laws that God has designed into this world, then we're going to have chaos. Actually, it reminds me of, remember when you're in the playground as a kid and you played with some kid and you're all playing as a group of them and then you had some kid who kept changing the rules on you. You know, you get up to, oh, that's not where it is. We've moved the boundary. I'm not out of bounds. <laughs> you know, it's back there. It's hard to win when somebody keeps changing the rules. That's not the way with God. The only way you win in life is by playing by the rules. God has established some laws and some commands in his word that do not change. Because his character is consistent. His commands are consistent. There are absolutes. Absolutes. Some things that God says will always be right. Some things that God says will always be wrong. Absolutely. It is not a matter of opinion. So contrary to popular opinion, God does not invent new rules for every new generation. He's established them to last forever. Now on the other hand, Satan's temptation is always to get you to question God's word. It was actually the very first temptation that we see recorded in the scriptures. When Satan asks Eve, did God really say you can't do that? He, see, his strategy has never, ever changed. He wants to put doubt in your mind of what God has said. Now, today we don't do that as much because Satan doesn't come up to us and talk to us. And the reason what we tend to do now is we, need to, we tend to go to see if God says something. We go to the black and white pages of Scripture. We don't question our hearing. We just go look it up. Now, today, Satan has put a little twist on that temptation and the phrase I hear often when somebody's confronted with the word of God and what it clearly says is well that's just your interpretation let me be really clear there is one interpretation of a verse one and one only there may be different applications but there's only one you can't just twist the scriptures to make it mean what you want that's exactly what Satan did now, let me say this. Tomorrow, I'm driving, at a, actually this afternoon, I'm going out of a road and I see a stop sign. S-T-O-P. How do you interpret that? Stop, right? Stop. The Bible says, stop. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Stop. That's what it says. Then you don't have sex outside of marriage. It says, stop. Don't commit adultery. So don't commit adultery. And it also says, on the positive side, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Not a little part of it. The whole lot. How much do you want your spouse to love you? With a little bit of your heart or all of it? God says, I want you to love me with all of your heart. Ladies, I've said this before, and men, nobody will ever love you as faithfully and consistently and as caringly as God. Nobody. Because people are fickle, but God is faithful. So there's no interpretation needed here. It's black and white. 
God's word has not changed. And neither will it change. Matthew 5.24 Everyone who hears these words of mine keep out and puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock which does not move. See, Jesus said there were two ways to build a house, right? You can build it on sand or you can build it on rock. Both ways. Now, if you don't build on a solid foundation, the whole house will eventually tilt. And it's often not catastrophic immediately, but it's the wrong foundation to build your life on. You're going to build it on something that never changes, not going to move. See, many of you live in Howick, and one of the things you probably notice is the ground underneath you moves. And you'll see that by cracks appearing around the edges and sometimes even in the middle of your ceilings and in plasterboard as it moves. You've got to build your life and my life on things that never change. God's love for me never changes, number one. Number two, God's word never changes. It will always be the right thing to do. Now, let me just say something here. It may seem completely unreasonable. What God's word says doesn't matter. It may seem unpopular, doesn't matter. It may seem hard, expect it. In fact, as a generalization, God's way seems hard. The enemy's way seems easy. As a generalization. So, if it feels really easy to just go with the flow, be careful. But, it's always the right thing to do, God's word. And doesn't that simplify life? How many of you believe everything you read or see in the media? Can I see hands, please? No takers. How many of you believe what's in the Bible? Can you see your hands, please? So humbly again, I would say, why do we spend more time watching and reading and listening to stuff we don't believe is true compared to what we do believe is true? To get integrity on that, we have to rebalance. Why do we spend more time watching TV or reading the newspaper than someone we do believe, the Bible? It just doesn't make sense. The point is this, if I want to have stability in my life, stability comes from building my life on God's unchangeable word. Because it will never, ever, ever change. It will be consistent. It will be consistent 50 years from now. 150 years from now. And here's a stress stabilizer. If you want to have more stability in your life when you're under stress, memorize scripture. But there's a discipline that's long been forgotten in Christian circles. Start filling your mind with stuff you don't have to toss out because it's out of date. Because it's wrong. It's factually wrong. Start filling your mind with things that never change. And when you need them, God will bring them to your mind. Now, if you're wondering what you're doing in a situation, I've often found that God will pop a verse into my mind. Whether it's in my own personal life, whether it's in the life when I'm somebody talking to somebody, or even in a group. Now, when, think about this. When Jesus is out in the desert, Matthew 4, and he's being tempted by the devil, and he says, Jesus, you're the son. No, actually, actually, he's really, really mean with this one. If you are the son of God. 
That's self-doubt. If. He knew that, but he's a liar. If. He'll say this to you. If you are loved. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, of course he could do that. Easy peasy. Now, notice though, Jesus didn't quickly pull out his pocket Old Testament saying, hang on a second there, Satan. I just need to look this up. I'm sure there's something in here that says that. <laughs> Don't tempt the Lord. Or we pulled out his iPad or his iPhone. I, there's a verse in here somewhere that says that. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Friends, here's the point. He didn't have to pull out any Bible. Thy word I have hid in my heart, in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. Parents, your children have incredible memories, especially when they're young. From three onwards, harness that. Put the word of God into them. Put the, lay the foundation down. Now, granted, Jesus did write the Bible, so he could just pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. He could remember, because he was the... The Bible, from Genesis through to Revelation, is always, always about Jesus. That's something we could get into later. But the fact is, if you want stability in your life, you've got to base it on things that don't change. Look, here's how it works. If I have my iPhone, and have you ever pushed it and it doesn't work properly? Right? Or it corrupts, or it freezes, or something stupid. Well, you do it a few times, you know it's not working. So what do you do? You need to, that, that's not perfect. So you have to take it out and you have to put the next thing in until we find another. But the point is you have to replace the stuff that's not reliable with the word of God, which is reliable. That's the point. Number three, God's purpose for your life will never change. No matter what happens to you, God's purpose will never change because he's outside of time and he sees your life from A to B, A to Z. Isaiah 14, 24 says this, The Lord Almighty has sworn. Now watch what he says here. Surely as I have planned it, so will it be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. That includes your life. God is at work in history. History is his story, right? So people ask, what in the world is going on? I'll tell you what in the world is going on. History is moving towards a climax that God has planned. And each day we are getting closer to that. From the very beginning, we're moving to a place where Christ will return. And it's over. It's done. No more work. It's all done. Now I want you to look. I didn't put it in your outline, but if you have your Bibles, Matthew 24, 38. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered in the ark. Circle these words if you have your Bible. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. That's judgment. That's coming. So will it be the coming of the Son of Man. That's what's going to happen. By the way, there's nothing wrong with eating or drinking. Relax. That's good. The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, but whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So don't be gluttonous. 
Whatever you do. Nothing wrong with good. See, sin, what it does is it takes the good things that God has given you and it corrupts it. There's nothing wrong with food. Being a glutton is sinful. There's nothing having some possession, wrong with having possessions, but being greedy is sinful. There's nothing wrong with sex. But sex outside, it's God all day in place. There's nothing wrong with a fire. But you get in the wrong place, it's going to burn the house down. It needs to be kept within the bounds of where God created it for. Now, going back to this verse in Matthew 24, it's, the problem was the people in Noah's day. In Noah's day, they were living as if God didn't exist, carrying on merrily. And likewise today, people live as if they are completely not serious about the fact that Christ is coming back. All you've done, and all I've done for myself, won't count the hell of beans. What will count is what I've done for Christ. So God's plan for the world is being unfolded as we head towards that climax. The problem is, for you and I, do not live like the world and forget this is reality. This is going to happen. Psalm 33 verse 1, his plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. See, he doesn't change. Do your plans ever change? Boy, mine do. <laughs> Constantly. How often and why? Two reasons. One, because you and I don't have perfect perspective. We have to make mid-flight corrections. We don't have foresight to know everything that's going to happen. Maybe you now know something that you didn't know, therefore you change. Now that you know something different, you will change and your plans will. And the other reason is that plans have to change is maybe we don't have the power or the resources to do what we want to do, to implement. Maybe you ran out of time. Maybe you ran out of money. Maybe you ran out of energy. Maybe you ran out of effort. So your plans, like mine, change. But since God is omniscient, he knows everything. Everything. And since he's omnipotent, he's got the power, all the power. And his plans never have to change. They're logically linked to all of these things. 1 Samuel 15, 29 again. God is not man. Look at that. Next verse. God is not man. He does not change his mind. Now some of you right now have got a headache. Because you're going, hold on then. But the Bible says God changes. Doesn't it say that in the Bible somewhere that God changed his mind? Yes, it does. But it wasn't God who changed it. It was the people who changed their behavior. Let me give you an example of that. God told Nineveh, if you don't repent, and that means, I'm going in this direction. I'm confronted with God's word. I then either can continue going in that direction or I have a change of mind which causes me to change my direction. He says, if you don't repent, I will destroy you. That's exactly what it says. I'm going to destroy the city. And then he didn't destroy the city. Why is that? Because the people responded to Jonah's message. They changed their minds. They were marching. If they had carried on doing that, kaputush. Now, you need to remember one important thing. When, the Bible, when you come across that, something seems a little contradictory like that, remember the Bible is written from the observer's perspective. 
So from their point of view, it looked like he changed his mind. That's what it looked like. But God never changes his will. But he does will a change. Did you get that? God never changes his will, but he does will a change. In your life, in my life. So God doesn't have a plan B for my life. You think about the biggest mistake you have ever done. The biggest sin you've ever committed. The thing that you regret the most. Maybe it's the biggest disappointment that you've ever had. Do you think that God knew about those things in advance? Yeah. Since he knew they were going to come up anyway, he can weave those into your life as to part of his plan. Again, Romans 8. Let's, uh, let's take that, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know for those who love God, there's a condition there, it's conditional. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, good or bad, God can bring good out of them. Think about Joseph. That means no matter what happens in your life, you are still on plan A. God hasn't changed his mind, and God's purpose in your life has not changed. So your problems will never out-trump God's purposes. And God knows everything that's going to happen in your life. And he fits it all together to work for good. Even the mistakes, even the sins that you commit that are wrong and bad, God can teach you from those things. I think of my own brother, who for years knew he was going down the wrong path, but God has turned that round for good, and now he uses it to tell other people that is exactly the most stupid things I've ever done. Learn from my pain. And he's spoken to over half a million high school students and shared his greatest embarrassment, our, as a family, our greatest pain, God uses it. If you're humble. But be humble, lest you stumble. So what is God's plan for my life? Well, John 10.10 is a famous verse that says that. It's that you may have life. I have come that you may have life and true life. Not what the world dangles out as a temptation of this is life. More stuff, more stress. more sex, more success. That'll mean another hill of beans. Jesus said he wants you to have an abundant life. And that includes a peace that passes understanding. It includes a destiny in heaven. It includes a genuine, lasting, purposeful living. It includes a joy when you face any adversity. That you can face it without fear. It includes the ability to endure hardship with confidence and assurance that God's love for you will never change. Now, we just read 28. What about 29, the very next verse? For those, for, for those God foreknew, in his knowledge, in his mind, he already knew, he also predestined to become conformed to the likeness of his son so that he may be the firstborn among many brothers. Here's the diagram that ex- spells it out. Next slide. Whom he foreknew before the world was even created, he predestined 
to be like Christ, not to do their own thing, not to live this life chasing what the world chases. For whom he did foreknow, did he predestine to become like Christ? And whom he did that, he called. And who he called, he justified. And who he justifies, he will bring them to glory. Something else that's never changed is God's plan of salvation. For 2,000 years, there's only been one way to get to know God, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 If, conditional, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, because there'll be conjunction here, and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That plan has never changed. And it won't. Between now and when we see him. Jesus said, I am the way. Not a good way. Not one of the ways. Not the best way. I am the way. And his plan has never changed. And God's invitation to you has never changed. And he wants you to come to him and establish a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, in your life between now and when you die, however that long it is, you will experience many stressful changes in your life. Many. And my question now is, how are you going to respond to those changes? Sometimes it's hard to predict those changes. You don't know when they're going to be or what they're going to be. How are you going to handle them? And when, they, when it seems like your world is collapsing, what is going to be your source of stability in this life to keep you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically stable? Three things to remember and we'll close. When you're under stress, and they're all, by the way, based firmly in Scripture, just as we looked at, these are absolute facts. They become spiritual anchors to your soul in a changing world that's dragging you or attempting to drag you in the wrong direction. Number one, remember, God will never stop loving me. Never. He'll never love you less. Now, you will not understand what's going on sometimes. But he's always going to act towards me in love. You can count on that. And that's a stabilizer no matter what happens. Number two. God's word is always right. I, if I'm in contradiction to that, I'm always wrong. The words of the scriptures tell us what is the right thing to do, even if it's unpopular or whether it's hard or unpleasant. So no matter what happens, it's the right thing to do, and that's a great stabilizer, because we know we live our life for an audience of one. And third and finally, God's purpose for my life is bigger than my problems. Never let go of that. Problems cannot change the purpose of God for your life. It's not changed God's purpose for your life, and it will not change what he wants to do in your life. Psalm 125 verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are as steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstance. Who'd like that sort of stability, eh? In amongst all the stress. That's what I call unstable. Unmoved by any circumstance. Last week, some of you know, my brother's father-in-law fell down some stairs, had a brain injury, and died. 
and his wife of 60 years, when things like that happen, or you have a, somebody in the family has an unexpected car crash, when your world is really shaken, what's going to hold you strong? Security and stability and confidence come from being anchored in an unchanging God. It's called his immutability. When everything around us is changing in this throwaway society, when nothing remains the same, there's one thing that never changes, that is God and his character. He never changes his moods and cools off in his love or his affections. He never loses enthusiasm for you. Isn't that great? His attitude towards sin is always the same as it was when he drove out sinful man from the garden. Never changed, never will change. But also, his attitude to the sinner is always the same. Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a guarantee. So God will not compromise. God does not need to be coaxed. He cannot be persuaded to alter his word, nor talked into answering some selfish prayer. In all our efforts to please him, to commune with him, we should remember that all change must be on our part. Because he said, final slide, I am the Lord. I do not change. Would you bow your heads with me? Some of you listening to this today, here in this room and online, are stressed out because of all the changes that you've been going through. It's been a bit hectic lately. And maybe some of you are feeling uncertain about your future. Would you like a rock-solid foundation on which you can build a stable life? People will leave you, but God will never leave you. If that's you, I invite you to pray three things. Would you say, God, I believe that you love me? That's what we studied today. I accept your love gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I commit myself to learning and obeying your unchanging word. I want to follow your direction, even when it seems hard or unpopular, because I know it's the right thing to do. Holy Spirit, would you give me the strength to do the right thing? God, today I want to commit myself to cooperating with your plan for my life. Would you help me focus my life on your purposes? Help me to learn from the mistakes that are made. And would you please forgive my sin? I want to do what's right in your sight. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen.